Hello, and welcome to Sharing Our Journey, a podcast from Harrodsburg Baptist Church, where we're all about sharing our journey toward Jesus. Before we dive into our Bible question and answer session, we'd like to invite you to take that journey with us. To find out more, follow us on social media at HBC Harrodsburg or visit harrodsburgbaptist.org. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you very soon. Good evening. Thank you for joining us tonight for Sharing Our Journey, a podcast from Harrisburg Baptist Church where we talk about the Bible. And um, t- this week we're going to be talking about King Hezekiah from the book of Second Kings and uh, the prophet Isaiah, um, who lived at the same time. But, but we're not going to be talking about Hezekiah. At all? I sh- I, how? Okay. How? How, Bo? <laughs> How? Um, obviously, he- we say this every week. King. There's a there lot. We to, there's a lot to go over. He- Hezekiah was a good king. Um, he made a lot of really good choices. Yeah. He made one really big mistake. Do you know what the big mistake was? Hold on. He didn't teach his children what to do. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> that is a big mistake. Yeah. <laughs> the big mis- The big mistake. Is my answer wrong or right? What is it, Terry? He, yeah, he was showing off. He took, he, he, sh- there's some envoys from Babylon that show up. He shows off all of the kingdom's riches to the Babylonians, and Isaiah comes in, who we are going to talk about, and he says, We're going to talk about Isaiah. What'd you show him? And Hezekiah's like, I showed him everything, man. And, and Isaiah's like, Okay, well, that's going to be your downfall right there. They're not going to forget about all the riches of Israel. So, um, but Hezekiah was one of the kings that, that, Trusted God, saw a big victory. God um, saved uh, Jerusalem uh, from the Assyrians, and uh, it's a pretty big, pretty, pretty cool story. But I guess you'll have to check that one out on your own time. <laughs> well, I but mean, we, there's so much more to there's so much more to take. Number one, Hezekiah was a good king, but one Hezekiah, of the few. There's only a handful of them that are good. Yeah, and he's but one of Hezekiah them. also had Isaiah. Mm-hmm. So. You know, so did the so did the three kings before him, and they weren't good. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they weren't. But you know, it's. I think of of everybody that we look at when when you come to the kings. I think that uh, Ahaz, isn't that his name? Mm-hmm. Ahaz, he is the absolute worst. Oh yeah, and I mean, and, and I'm not just talking about he does he does the. He does the idol worship and all that kind of stuff in the temple. And yeah. He's terrible. But not only does he do that, he is like the worst leader of people. You well, know, because yeah. so, he made the deal with the Assyrians. He, he does. He, he like, allies himself with the Assyrians. <laughs> then he double crosses like, them yeah. with the Egyptians. Yeah. And it's like the Assyrians will never, they'll never know about this. <laughs> and they got conquered. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they did. Yeah, they're awesome. But I, I yeah, Ahaz was just silly. Well, uh, but let's 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 zero in tonight. Yeah, just just for this study because there is so much that we could talk about. Yeah, I let, really want to talk about Isaiah. Let, okay, let's pray. 
Can we? I'm just going to pray. The, right? I, I, you never have to ask permission. You can just um, start praying. Lord, thank you for this time that we have to be in your word. I pray that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear as we, as we look at it, as we read it, as we study it, as we discuss it. Um, Lord, may your spirit just uh, speak to us tonight. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Yeah. All right. The book of Isaiah. The book of Isaiah. So uh, Isaiah is, is one of the most quoted prophets in the New Testament. Uh, he was one of the most Old, Old Testament prophets quoted in the New Testament. That makes sense. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. But, uh, and for the first half of the book of Isaiah, it's all about the judgment that is getting ready to befall upon Judah. Right. And they're getting ready, you know, he's letting them know you're going to be, you know, you're going to be conquered. This is going to happen. And, and then there's a, a turn and it's uh, chapter 40. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. And it's a, uh, and it's a positive. We start talking about, Isaiah starts talking about how he's going to bring his people back. Right. How God's going to bring his people back. And, he even talks about the future and God's salvation for right. humanity. Right. One which, through thirty nine, he's warning them, like, look out, this judgment, is what's coming. Judgment. Yes. God's going to purify you. He's not going to destroy you, but he's going to purify you, and this is how it's going to happen. And then at, after thirty nine we see the exile where they get conquered and they get taken to Babylon and then forty through sixty six sixty six? Mm, I think so. Um is all about um, them, them coming back, God restoring them, and and so forth. Right there, you go. Yeah. So what I wanted to look at first, for some reason, um, Isaiah in chapter six uh, tells talks about his call, and I think it's a it's just a really cool uh, section of scripture, and it's uh, I think there's a lot we can learn from it. So. Um, Chapter 6, verse 1 says, In the year that King Uzziah died. Okay. Now, King Uzziah wasn't a great king as far as God goes because he did allow the worship in the high places and did allow the, the all that other stuff. However, for Israel, or for Judah, Uzziah was, he led them through their most prosperous time. They conquered um, the Philistines and uh, all kinds of people. And he expanded their territory. He built um, the towers and stuff in Jerusalem for uh, fortification. So it it was a big, prosperous time. It's also the ending of that prosperous time. So it says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a high and lofty throne, and the hem of his robe filled the temple. Seraphim was standing above him. They each had six wings with two. They covered their faces with two. They covered their feet with two. They flew. Um, one called to the other, holy, holy, holy is Lord of armies. Glory fills the whole earth. What I want to get down to is verse 5. Because it says, then I said, woe is me, for I am a man for I am ruined, because I am a man of unclean lips, and live among a people of unclean lips, and because my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of Armies. Right. That is 
the natural response when we see God. When we experience God, there's two things that are two things that happen. First thing is we recognize how holy he is. I mean, that's that's number one. Yeah. And the second thing is we recognize how unclean we are. You know what I'm saying? And then um, what's really cool is a seraphim flies over, puts coals on his lips, and now Isaiah has been purified. So now he can speak the word of the Lord. But mm-hmm. but what um, what gets me out of all this is he, re- he sees God, recognizes his glory, recognizes his inability is clean and is cleaned and purified by God and then what's his next move send me yeah send me he's in service he's immediately in the right. service and you get you and get a with picture no, with no hesitation yeah right? you get a picture of the gospel right there yeah you know you you recognize God you recognize your sin God cleanses us and now we serve him just like that it is such a cool picture of the gospel I love that that section. Yeah, I mean, he sees he sees just how awesome, and I don't use that term lightly. God is right, and then he's he's like, okay, I'm all in. Let's do it. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's ready to go. Well, um, and and he's he's got to be purified by God. Yeah, you know, which we have in yeah, Christ. Exactly, exactly. So that should be our response. Yeah, God's moving. We say, here I am. Yeah, I love it. It's just it's such a cool picture. I really like it. Yeah, it's great. Thank you. Now, where are you going? I don't know. Where are you going? <laughs> um, we did three days worth of prep on this whole study. I mean, just do what we did in in uh, in the uh, rehearsal. I'm just kidding. We don't have a rehearsal. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um. It is interesting in that chapter, like you like you already mentioned, that God doesn't destroy through fire, but he purifies through yeah. fire. Yeah. Um, and so, I don't know. I, I think that even now, today, on this side of the cross, he can use fiery situations to do the same thing in our life, you know, oh, to, to, to refine us, to purify us. Um, and so that's kind of a cool, like thing to extract from that Mm -hmm. um that bad situations aren't always meant to to punish us or destroy us in fact god takes those and uses them for our good yeah um to make us even better the uh the other thing that that i was uh reading which i thought was a i've never heard this take on this but i thought it was pretty cool it's talking about the seraphim and it you know it gives you the uh, description six wings, you know they fly. They have wings to cover their feet, wings to cover their face, and, and uh, the commentary that I was reading talked about how that you get this picture of this superhuman creature. Mm. You know this just just this massive superhuman creature, and what is that superhuman creature doing? It, it's it's saying holy 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 is the Lord of armies he's worshiping. Yeah, he's worshiping God. So yeah. you know, it's like it's like even the most supernatural super creature yeah. still is worshiping God. I mean, what does what does Paul say in Philippians two that every knee is going to bow yeah. and every yeah. tongue is going to confess yeah. that Jesus is Lord? So there there is nobody 
um, on this earth who is bigger, who is better yeah. than uh, than God. Yeah, uh, and just, yeah, like, we need to I like take that. note. Yeah, I like <laughs> from that. the seraphim like here that. and get to worshiping. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Okay, cool. So um, we're going to <laughs> we're going to fast. F- uh, well, first, I want to look at um, chapter nine in Isaiah. Can we look okay. at chapter nine just Absolutely. for a second? Absolutely. Just just for a second. Um, this is when um, Isaiah is talking um, about. Israel or about Judah and what's going to happen, um, and, and we know this. We've 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 heard this because it's quoted in in Matthew uh, quite a bit, but uh, and we talk about it every Christmas. You know, it says the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. A light has dawned on those living in the land of darkness. But when you get to chapter nine down to verse six, here we are with for a child will be uh, born for us and a son will be given to us. And the government will be on his shoulders, and he'll be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, uh, Prince of Peace. So this will, um, this is 700 years before the birth of Jesus? Yeah, this is around 750 to 725 B.C. Yeah. Um, so, so a little over 700 years. And, yeah, yeah. And I think that's really important that we, that, that we recognize that, that mm-hmm. Isaiah is writing this stuff 700 years before Jesus is born. Yeah. And, uh, there's the, the story of, um, Philip and uh-huh. the Ethiopian, Ethiopian, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Uh, where Philip is reading Isaiah. And this is in the book of Acts. Yes. Just so everyone is on Sorry. the same page. Yeah. Sorry. So he doesn't he doesn't understand it. Right. He doesn't understand Isaiah. And he right. asks Philip, what is this? What are we talking about? Because even to the people of that day that Jesus' time, they weren't exactly clear on who Isaiah was talking about when he's he's giving all these things. You know? Um, even this particular verse they're 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 talking about well was was he talking about his own child or you know his children was he talking about the king's children yeah who's he talking about and as we as we see we had the benefit of hindsight being able to look back and seeing exactly how all this stuff starts matching up with jesus right well jesus even gets in the temple and he reads isaiah 61 and he says Today the scripture's been fulfilled. Yeah, and they still didn't get it. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But it is just that whole thought. Of even then, they didn't know. They before, I mean, before Jesus came, they were like, I don't understand what all this is about. What are they talking about? Now we, like I said, we have the benefit of looking back and going, well, he fits there, 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 there. Yeah. Everything you said, it's, it, it all falls right into place. And that is a huge benefit. I oh, mean, yeah, that's it's a massive benefit. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It is. I can totally understand why they wouldn't why they wouldn't get this you know even now it's hard to understand and to to, you know to to what you were saying there are parts of this where isaiah is speaking about his son or the king's son and there's this um, thing called the law of double reference where a prophet can be speaking about something that's going to happen in the very near future and then the very next phrase switch to something that's going to happen in the distant future and then go back to the very near future 
And the near future stuff is supposed to prove to everyone that this prophet is from God, yeah. that the prophet is from God, and the stuff he says about the far future is going to come to pass. And there are also things in prophecy that can be partially fulfilled in this time, but right. the ultimate fulfillment is through Christ. Right. Uh, but yeah. so looking at hindsight, 2020 and all that, you know, that's, you know, imagine, look at how difficult it is for us to study Revelation. Mm-hmm. For us to figure out revelation, uh, and that's what you know. That's what they were trying to do when they're reading Isaiah. Trying to, they're basically like us trying to figure out revelation. Um, so yeah, hindsight is really, really beneficial. It is. <laughs> it really is. It's twenty twenty, right? There you go. Yeah. Um, let's let's move to chapter eleven since we're all right. Um, Looking at nine, eleven wasn't technically part of the reading, but it's it's beautiful. It, it's talking about again about Jesus. Yeah. And earlier it talks about how um, how Israel is going to be cut down and, and turned into a stump. And here we kind of here we see the hope of that. That it says a shoot will come from the stump of Jesse. Well, who's Jesse? Jesse is David's father. So through the line of David. Um, uh, a shoot is going to come up. Um, uh, from his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of power, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. I mean, clearly we're talking about somebody amazing here. Right. Um, and then it goes on to say, he will not judge by what he sees with his eyes. I mean, we talked about that with yeah. with David. What didn't are we, we looking at? What, then what's he looking at? If he's not looking at it with his eyes, what's he's he looking, looking at? at the it's heart. his heart, he's baby. Looking at what's on the inside. It's um, all about the heart. He, he he doesn't decide by what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. He will okay. he will, he breathe with the lips of slay the wicked. There's, real quick, yeah. just just on those, who did Jesus come for? I mean, you know, yeah, he came he for the came sick, for the oppressed, right? he came for the sick. He, yeah, and and yeah, yeah. And there's so Which many is people the now. Exact opposite of what I mean, everybody was doing. Think it about time. today, like there, there's like mil, a million different social justice movements. <laughs> all of the people trying to save whatever, and then look at look at who Jesus is. You know, with righteousness, he will judge the needy. With justice, he will give decisions for the he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. Like Jesus is the one who can who can fix it all. Right. We just if we would all just turn to Jesus and look to him, fix our eyes on him. I mean, what's he going to do? That's what Revelation is about, right? <laughs> about him making all things new and returning everything back to the way he intended for it to be in the beginning, uh, where we walked with him in the garden. So. Um, it, it goes on to talk about now, righteousness is his belt, uh, faithfulness, the sash around his waist. Um, the wolf, oh, this is great. The wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will w- lie down with the goat. Okay, hey, before you go into those, I'm, I'm going to set that up for you, okay? Yeah. And, and then you can read these. Jesus is the prince of peace, correct? Yeah. All right, prince of peace. Keep that phrase in your head. Now read them. thought that was going to be longer. No, nope, that was it. That was it. You <laughs> decided to take a drink. Um, 
The leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together, and a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear. Their young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the hole of the cobra, and the young child put his hand into the viper's nest. This is all stuff that shouldn't be possible. Yeah. That is, you it's, know, it's the exact opposite. Anything, none of that is peaceful. Right. right. None of that is peaceful. <laughs> all right. They but will, with Jesus, it is. It, it is. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain. For the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples, the nations. The nations will rally to him. This isn't just for Israel. Yes. This is for all of us. Yes. And his place of rest will be glorious. In that day, the Lord will reach out his hand a second time to reclaim the remnant that is left of his people from Assyria, from Lower Egypt, from Upper Egypt, from Cush, from Elam, from Babylonia, from Hamath, and from the islands of the sea. He will raise a banner for the nations and gather the exiles to Israel. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it just goes on. It, I mean, it just goes on with these encouraging words. Um, but how great is it to know that that's who Jesus is, that that's the kind of peace that he brings, that that's the kind of um, uh, restoration that he brings. And, you know, it says that, uh, um, where was that word? Uh, his place of rest will be glorious. Who doesn't, who doesn't long for a place of rest? <laughs> I mean, I do every single day. <laughs> <laughs> and his place of rest is glorious. <laughs> That's what we need to be. That's what we need to be running after. That's what we need to be telling people about. That is good news, right oh, there. Oh yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. All right. So, what else do you want to talk about tonight? Uh, well, I mean, you said something about forty nine. Forty nine. Yeah, I definitely want to spend a lot of time on fifty three. Yes. Okay. I definitely want to spend a lot of time on 53. 53 is so interesting. Well, let's talk about 49 Okay, first. all right, all right. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Right. <laughs> um, okay, 49. I, I think 49 and 53 were both in their entirety in um, the story. And so I thought, let's just read it and commentate as we go mm-hmm. and, and kind of uh, see what there is for us in there. Um, so 49 verse one, listen to me, you islands hear this, you distant nations before I was born, the Lord called me from my birth. He has made mention of my name. Okay. He made my mouth like a sharpened sword in the shadow of his hand. He hid me. He made me into a polished arrow and concealed me in his quiver. He said to me, you are my servant, Israel, in whom I will display my splendor. But I said, I have labored to no purpose. I have spent my strength in vain and for nothing. Yet what is due me is in the Lord's hand, and my reward is, is, my, is with my God. And now the Lord says, he who formed me in the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him, and gather Israel to himself, for I am honored, 
in the eyes of the Lord, and my God has been my strength. He says, it is too small a thing for you to be my servant, to restore the tribes of Jacob, and to bring back those of Israel I have kept. I will also make you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. So who are we talking about here? <laughs> um, this, 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 yeah, this is so. Honestly, when you when you read this, you were talking about the fear, uh, the the far and near, mm-hmm. the far yeah. and near. Mm-hmm. So when you're reading this, there are parts of it where you go, "Oh, okay, it's Isaiah's talking about Isaiah." You know, it, he's you know he's 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 really happy that mm-hmm. God has laid this on his heart and that that he gets to be the the trumpeteer for God, and then. We switch, and now he's talking about Jesus, right? Or he's talking about the Messiah, who we know to be Jesus, right? But yeah, right. Um, uh, verse seven. This is what the Lord says: the Redeemer and Holy One of Israel, to him who was despised and abhorred by the nation, to the servant of rulers, kings will see you and rise up; princes will see and bow down. Because of the Lord who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel, who has chosen you. And then we get to this part where he starts talking about the restoration of Israel. Mm-hmm. This is what the Lord says. In the time of my favor, I will answer you. And in the day of salvation, I will help you. I will keep you and will make you to be a covenant for the people to restore the land and to re- reassign its desolate inheritance to say to the captives, come out, and to those in darkness, be free. I love that. I love yeah. that verse. That is, that is beautiful. Again, what is our mission? Is that not what we're called to do? Exactly. Um, in, in Christ, of course, yeah. through his power. Uh, it's to say to the captives, come out, and to those in darkness, be free. Well, and, and, and you're saying, like I said, you know, and, and it's, it's so hard to to you know compact all this into an hour but but we're seeing that through the judgment uh through the the idol worship and everything how how Israel's turned away from God how God has allowed them to be taken into captivity allowed them to be dispersed mm-hmm. um and but we see that that God's love doesn't stop no nope. it doesn't stop and and that he will redeem his people and, and we see it on a small scale i say a, a small scale with what we're seeing through isaiah yeah but it is such a huge it's it's a microcosm of what god does for humanity in general you know with jesus so it's just it's so they they run in such parallels it's amazing it's awesome you know that is kind of what we've been talking about the whole time is yeah. how the old testament is pointing us to jesus and really how israel is telling the world's story yeah. and and not not just the story of bringing jesus into the world but our own faults and our own our own failures and and it's a reflection of of really who we are without Jesus too you know right and, and we see this theme we see this theme throughout the entirety of Scripture yeah and then you also see it in little places like Isaiah six mm-hmm. where it's like you know four verses and boom you see it again right so this this continual theme 
of I will be your uh, your God, you will be my people, and I'm going to redeem you. It's right. just all throughout Scripture, and and like I said, it's it just forty nine itself is just it's yeah. a great picture of that. Yeah, and that's one of the things that makes Isaiah such a good book. It's a hard book to read. It's a hard book to understand, but it is so good. I mean, Isaiah itself, the name means. We often talk about names on on this um, in this study, but yes, you do. Uh, Isaiah means well, you do too. <laughs> Isaiah <laughs> Isaiah means Jehovah is salvation. I mean that that's what this book, this whole the yep. whole book of Isaiah is about. That yep. his son's name uh, Sher Yeshub means a remnant will return. Yep. Um, which is also what we're talking about here, yep. how God's going to um, bring the. Pe- that's the other thing. Okay, so just while we're at it, yeah, he named his child that. Yeah. All right. Long before the people of Israel came back. They, they haven't even been exiled I yet. Know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, so. he has said that they're going to return before they've even been exiled. He named his kid that. Yeah. Tell me he wasn't sure. He was, he was he, bought in. He, knew, <laughs> he was bought he in. He knew God was talking to him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was yeah. no doubt. Yep. Um, all right. Continuing uh, chapter 49, it says, They will feed beside the roads and find pasture on every barren hill. Find pasture on every barren hill. Like, that's how much God's going to provide, right? <laughs> Even in barren situations, you're going to find pasture. Um, they will neither hunger nor thirst, nor will the desert heat or the sun beat upon them. He who has compassion on them will guide them and lead them beside springs of water. I will turn all my mountains into roads, and my highways will be raised up. See, they will come from afar, some from the north, some from the west, some from the region of Aswan. Shout for joy, O heavens. Rejoice, O earth. Burst into song, O mountains. For the Lord comforts his people and will have compassion on his afflicted ones. Okay, stop. All right. Because these next two verses... um. Actually, this next section, we continually talk about how God wants to redeem his people and God loves his people. Listen to the word picture Mm -hmm. that you get from this right here. This this tells you what God thinks about you. Go ahead. Well, yeah, and here's here's the thing is that we get to this latter part of Isaiah where it's talking about things after the after the exile has happened. And who does Israel start to blame for their enslavement? They start to blame God. Yeah. They're like, God doesn't care about us. That's why we've become enslaved to these Babylonians. And, and, and listen, how many, times, how many times have we walked through our life and, and had trials and temptations and said, you know, God, how many times have we prayed and said, God, you're not even listening? <laughs> you're not even listening. I, you know, I, how many times? Yeah. I, you guys probably are awesome, but I mean, I do it a lot. So yeah, and and Isaiah's making it really clear. Look, this was not God's fault. Yeah. Oh yeah. You oh, did yeah. this to yeah. yourself. Yeah. You turned from God. But the, here's here's the picture. Get the picture. <clears throat> All, right. All right. Go. Verse fourteen. But Zion said, "The Lord has forsaken me. The Lord has forgotten me. Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you." 
This is God talking. I know. <laughs> I, I know. That's just, I mean, it's, it's just like, you know, when you cry out and say, you know, God's forgotten me. God, you're not listening. You know, my prayers aren't reaching anywhere. All that. God says, really? Yeah. Do you, yeah. Really? Yeah. Can, is it possible for me to even do that? No. No. Absolutely it's not. It's possible for me to do that. But we all go through times like that. Yes. I mean, yes. even David, a man after oh, God's yeah. own heart, oh, yeah. said, Lord, how long will you hide your face from me? Yep. That's you know? Exactly so, right. <laughs> um, so, verse 16, let's see what it says here. See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Now, I. I read this part um, this week, and I thought, wow, is that is that a picture of Jesus? He says, see, I have engraved you on the palms of my hand. Mm. Like, hello? <laughs> Jesus took, uh, took some things to the palms of his hand uh, for us, um, some things that I'm sure he will never forget. Mm. And... Um, that's his dedication to us, you know? That's that's how dedicated he is to saving humanity. Yep. Is that he would lay down his life and receive <coughs> nails through his hands. And here, we, here, 700 years before, we have Isaiah prophesying or speaking what the Lord has said, saying, I have engraved you on the palms of my hand. Your walls <coughs> are ever before me. Your son hasten back, and those who laid to, laid you waste depart from you. Lift up your eyes and look around. All your sons gather and come to you. As surely as I live, declares the Lord, you will wear them all as ornaments. You will put them, uh, put them on like a bride. Though you were ruined and made desolate, and your land laid waste, now you will be too small for your people, and those who devour you will be far away. The children born during your bereavement will yet say in your hearing, this place is too small for us. Give us more space to live in. Then you will say in your heart, who bore me these? I was bereaved and barren. I was exiled and rejected. Who brought these up? I was left all alone. But these, where have they come from? This is what the sovereign Lord says. See, I will beckon to the Gentiles. I will lift up my banner to the people's. They will bring your sons in their arms and carry your daughters on their shoulders. Kings will be your foster fathers and their queens your nursing mothers. They will bow down before you with their faces to the ground. And they will lick the dust at your feet. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Those who hope in me will not be disappointed. So so what we're getting here is this picture of this desolate country that has been taken captive that is uh they're just miserable. Yeah. And they're crying out what we're going to do and God says I've I've got this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will take care of it. This is what it's going you're going to be like this, you're going to be crying out, you're going to be miserable. All this is going to happen. But this is what I'm going to do to you. I'm, I am going to turn the tables, and those people that oppressed you will be white, scattered throughout the world. They're going to bow down to you, all this kind of stuff. So, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, um, it is, believe it or not, this is actually a section of Scripture that is very comforting to the people of Israel. 
uh, while they're in captivity because they know that God has said through his prophet Isaiah that they're going to return. Yeah. Um, it doesn't, yeah. I mean, when you read it, it, it doesn't feel comforting, but it actually is. It's well, I mean, there are different parts that, that feel that way. I mean, we read about the lion and the lamb. No, yeah, yeah. We yeah. read just now that those who hope in me, that being God, will not be put, will not be disappointed. Yeah. Um, well, they will bound down to you in their faces to the ground and lick the dust at your feet. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> If you're in captivity and you're, how do yes, you, you yes. want your captive? That's, that's, <laughs> that's exactly right. But as we read this today, it's just like, oh, so. All right. So yes. the next part to finish out the chapter says that can plunder be taken from warriors or captives rescued from the fierce? Well, typically, no. Right? Correct. But here's what God says. But this is what the Lord says. Yes, captives will be taken from warriors and plunder retrieved from the fierce. I will contend with those who contend with you and your children I will, I will save. I will make your oppressors okay, here we go. eat their own flesh. Here's your comfort. They, <laughs> they will be drunk on their own blood as with wine. Then all mankind will know that I, the Lord, am your Savior, your Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. Do you have anything you want to say about that? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to leave the cannibalism commentary to the side. But the point is that the world is going to know that God is their Savior, their Redeemer, and the Mighty One of Jacob. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that he can do things that are typically impossible because he's big enough, as we saw in chapter 6. Um, all right, and that brings us to chapter 53. The thing that I love about chapter 53 is I love the tense, the tenses of the words, because the whole thing reads as if it's past, it's in the past. And I guess from God's point of view, in a way it is, because he sees all of time at once. Right. But from, again, this being 725 B.C., 760 years before uh, Jesus dies on the cross and is resurrected, it's not. Um, and if I'm remembering correctly, uh, when they found... Oh man, what's that? The Dead Sea Scrolls. The Dead Sea Scrolls. They found the Dead Sea Scrolls in nineteen forties or fifties, something S- like that. Yeah, I think actually sixty, but yeah. What I have heard is that before those were found, um, the Israelites thought that Christians added this chapter to the to the Book of Isaiah. And then it was found, and it's and the Dead Sea Scrolls are like from 500 BC or something mm-hmm. like that. And they're in it. it it's, it's it's in there verbatim. In in its entirety. In yeah. its entirety. Yeah. Um, so impossible for um, Christians to have obviously gone back in time and and added this to the Dead Sea right. Scrolls. And, right. Um, so uh, you you want to read this one? You want me to read yeah. it? It's, yeah. As far as we know, time travel does not exist. Um, <laughs> as far as we know. Yeah, yeah. so so <laughs> this is the picture of the suffering servant. Yes. Okay? And in 52, 
he actually gives uh, Isaiah gives uh, I think four different um, qualities of the suffering servant. But um, in fifty three, we get we get a picture of this. Yeah. Um, and you read what was it nine earlier that talked about the the uh, um, shoot of Jesse and eleven. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Eleven. Eleven. Okay. So fifty three starts out with who's believed what we've heard and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed. Uh, he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of a dry ground mm-hmm. and didn't have impressive form or majesty that we should look at him. Okay, once again, just so we can reiterate, appearance versus heart. Yeah. Appearance versus heart. It wasn't, it wasn't that Jesus was uh, the huge... You know, six, seven. He wasn't King Saul. Two, four. Right? Yeah, yeah. Remember King exactly. Saul? He was exactly. beautiful and he was tall and yeah. all. You mean the picture, the senior class picture that we see of Jesus? You know, where he's looking. That's not what with he that, looks like. With that pretty beard and the <laughs> yeah. long. Nope. Oh. No, no. It was all scraggly. No, I don't know. I don't even know if he had a beard, dude. <laughs> okay, so um, no appearance. He was despised and rejected by men a man of suffering who knew what sickness was. He was like someone people turned away from. He was despised, and we didn't value him. Mm. <laughs> Is that not a picture of Jesus? Is that not a picture of how Jesus was treated? That every, I mean, every... And is it not a picture of even now, today, still, and a lot of, a lot of times how he's treated? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. People still despise and... And reject him yep. all the time. Yet he himself bore our sickness and he carried our pains. Huh. Just just remember that picture. Um, but we in turn regarded him stricken, struck down by God and afflicted because he was pierced. But I'm sorry, but he was pierced because of our rebellion. So we're all clear on the fact that Jesus was pierced. At the cross yeah. with the sword in the side. Okay, mm-hmm. just, I just want to make sure we're clear on that. Uh, crushed because of our, iniqu- of our iniquities, punishment for our peace was on him. Mm. Punishment for our peace was on him. What is What was Christ's act on the cross? It was a substitution for our punishment. That was the punishment that we all deserved. Paul Paul says it like, you know, he who had no sin became sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God. Yeah. 750 years before Jesus walked the earth. Yeah. Just so we're clear. Okay. Um, Peace was on him. We are healed by his wounds. We all went astray like sheep, and we we all have turned to our own way, and the Lord has punished him for the iniquity of us all. Okay, so he was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. Like a lamb led to the slaughter. You know, what is, you know, the sacrificial lamb? That is Jesus. That's how, you know, John describes him in Revelation, the lion lamb. Um, Like a sheep silent before shearers, he didn't open his mouth. He was taken away because of oppression and judgment and who considered his fate. For he was cut off from the land of the living. He was struck because of the pe- my people's rebellion. He was assigned a grave with the wicked. 
but he was with a rich man at his death because he had done no violence and had not spoken deceitfully. That's, that, I mean, come, come on. on, go. That's hard to, <laughs> go. That's hard to predict. Go, like, go. where is a person going to be buried? Yeah. You know, where, where, and who does, who's, where is he buried? He's buried in Joseph of Arimathea's tomb. Yeah. Like Joseph just put it on loan to Jesus and Joseph was rich. Yeah. And here it's right here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and he was um, crucified with two uh, sinners, two thieves. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yet the Lord was pleased to crush him severely. All right, I want to stop on that for just a second. Where where do we see that before? That idea of crush him. Boom, Genesis three. Mm, yeah, yeah. Because you know? it's not it's because it's not yet the Lord was pleased to crush Jesus severely. Um, it I think it's yet the Lord was pleased to to crush Satan. The 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 my heel will strike your head type thing. Uh, when you make him a guilt offering, he will see his seed. He will prolong his days, and by his hands, the Lord's pleasure will be accomplished. After his anguish, he will see light and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will carry their iniquities. Therefore, I give him the many as a portion, and he will receive the mighty as spoil, because he willingly submitted to his death. Willingly submitted to his death. What did Jesus say in the garden? Not my will, but yours. Mm-hmm. It was counted among the rebels, yet he bore the sin of many and interceded for the rebels. I mean, that is... There's there's, there's so many... 750 years before Jesus walked the earth. I, I wish I had counted them beforehand, like how many different things are in just this one chapter that Jesus fulfills. Yeah. I, I, I didn't. But it's got to be... It's got to be pushing 20, wouldn't yeah. you think, in, in just this one chapter? Yeah. Um, yeah. I had done a study a few years ago um, about about the prof- prophecies that Jesus fulfilled and right. the odds of a person actually being able to do that. And I wrote them down, so I, I pulled them up today. And um, the odds of, of one person fulfilling eight Old Testament prophecies is one in 10 to the 16th power. So that's 10 with 16 zeros at the end of it. That's 16. That's got to be around a zillion, right? (laughs) Something, something like that. (laughs) One person fulfilling 48 prophecies, uh, 48 prophecies is one, one chance in uh, 10 to the 157th power. Okay. I don't even know what number that is. So That's too many zeros. They don't have a name for that. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they do, but I don't know what it is. Jesus, however, in his... You could win the lottery like 80 times before that. <laughs> probably. <laughs> probably so. <laughs> um, Jesus, however, fulfilled in his first coming over 300 prophecies, Old Testament prophecies, and one person fulfilling that many prophecies is like incalculable. incalculable. So... Um, and here, I mean, like I said, I don't. I, I wish I'd counted how many's in this one chapter that he does. Yeah. But well, and if, that's and that's what you see with with Isaiah, and it's not just it's not just in this section. Yeah. Like I said, we talked a lot of it is is 
from the beginning or from the middle to the end is where a, a, a large majority of those are. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but Isaiah talks about there will be a new heaven, a new earth. Uh, God's people will receive a new name. Uh, that death would be destroyed. Um, idols would disappear. The Messiah would have great influence. Uh, he would not only rule over Israel, but also over the Gentiles, which is, we're saying this 750 years <laughs> before. I mean, that's just that thought right there yeah. is. It's mind blowing. It's, it's yeah, it's, that, <laughs> that he would utter that phrase. Yeah. That that uh, it's just uh, it's just unbelievable. And like we already said, it's it is clearly proven from archaeological discovery that these words are were written well before Jesus. Oh yeah! On Earth. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! <clears throat> yeah. So it's it it is it's it's just it's mind blowing. And like I said, Isaiah writes this down all in past tense. By the, 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 the guidance of the Holy Spirit, um, the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, um, as if it's as good as done, as if it's already done. Yep. So, well, I think pretty, even pretty neat stuff. I think even a lot, like he's describing, you know, they, they know about the sacrifices and the temple and uh, the scapegoat and the lamb without blemish and so on. So, and that is supposed to carry their sins away and all. Mm-hmm. And he's, Using it, saying all the same stuff about a person. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you would think that, well, maybe one day we're going to sacrifice people or something. Like, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you would think. Like, maybe, you know, maybe the perfect person, maybe, like the perfect lamb will come along. And he did. Yeah. Uh, and there was a human sacrifice that not only covered the sins of the Israelites for the year, it covered the sins of the whole world forever right uh, and yeah I mean, amen yeah it's good yeah i tell you I, I just love it i just think it's cool that out of all the prophets like isaiah is the one that we have the most writing from mm-hmm. i mean because we got what 66 chapters of him mm-hmm. um way back in the beginning when god called him god just told him from up front i'm going to send you to preach this message to people that aren't going to listen <laughs> Um, they're not going to hear it. Yeah. And he was faithful. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what amazes me. Yeah. Well, and, and even in that chapter in, in 49 that Bo was reading, you get a picture of, of what Isaiah's feeling with that. I mean, I, uh, because he talks about, um, he made my words like a sharp sword. Um, and then it said, where does he say that, um, um, My vindication was, I've spent my strength for nothing and and futility. I so I, I have literally said, I have labored in vain. For I yeah. have done all of this, but but I know that I know that God's going to take care of it. Yeah, and, and then you know, and then He also gets so after all of these just judgmental prophecies about Israel and how they're not going to listen and all this kind of stuff. He gets he gets to also see the end of it, not only Israel's restoration, but he gets to see humanity's restoration. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And it was just God honoring his you know, commitment. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. 
That's exactly right. You're going to go be my mouthpiece and preach this really terrible message that they don't want to hear, that they're not going to hear, and I'm going to reward you for it. Yep. 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 One thing y'all haven't mentioned is how Isaiah negotiated his path with all the adversity. You're not popular being a prophet. Oh, uh, no. You negotiated keeping yeah. alive. Yeah, you you are definitely. He was definitely not popular with the people uh, from from the from just because of his message. Uh, and yeah, he he was able to, and I think a lot of that has to do with his faith and and his obedience um, that he was able to 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 stick with it. I think it's apparent from from Moses to to Noah to the prophets to the disciples, to the apostles, that God chose ordinary men to do extraordinary things. That's, yeah. that's very apparent. And Isaiah is a perfect example. There's probably nothing special about him right. back in the time, but he chose him to do that. So, you know, we talked about that in Sunday school, and I thought that was a very good point. Yeah, that's awesome. That's exactly right. We got Bocephus. I'm enjoying hearing uh, this crowd participation. <laughs> this is great. I love it. Wrap us up. I think we're there. All right. Well, uh, I do want to mention that we have Vacation Bible School coming up soon. So if you have a little one or know a little one who, who hasn't yet signed up um, or, you know, somebody lives on your street that they have little kids and they might want to come and be a part of it, uh, that'll be June 6th through the 10th. Um, when you were reading, <clears throat> when you were reading Isaiah six earlier, and it talks about the temple was filled with the train of his robe, I thought, oh, there's a perfect segue to our to our uh, weekly announcement um, about trains. Speaking of trains, there you go. <laughs> yes, um, and the worship time has been changed. June six. June six. Not this week. Not this week, but the following week. week yeah. June six, we'll be changing Sunday school time to nine thirty from nine to nine thirty. Not from 9 to 9.30. It's currently 9 o'clock. It will be changed to 9.30. And worship will be at 10.30 a.m., of course. And People uh, are going to start showing up at 8 just because they didn't understand a word Bo said. (laughs) Come on. on. Make some coffee, bring some donuts, and it'll all be okay. Hey, you you can pray. Come pray over... Pray over the church. Do a little prayer that's, walk if you're coming at nine. There and then you at nine thirty, exactly there right. uh, there will be Sunday school, and uh, ten and thirty will be worship, and that starts on June the sixth. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, sign up for VBS, and I guess that's that's all we have for this week. I mean, there's like a ton more we didn't talk about, but that's how it goes and uh maybe we'll get to do some some of that other stuff a different time but um yeah thanks for joining us tonight thank you to everyone in the room tonight for participating i love it and we will see you all catch you all on the flippity flip see ya thank you for joining us for sharing our journey if you have a bible question please send it to mark at harrodsburgbaptist.org and we'll try to answer it in the future. If you'd like to join us for worship, we come together on Sundays at 10 a.m. at Harrodsburg Baptist Church, 312 South Main Street, Harrodsburg, Kentucky. For more information, follow us on social at HBC Harrodsburg or visit harrodsburgbaptist.org.
www.ctcc.org. As you go, we pray that you will share your journey toward Jesus with others. May the love of the Father, the grace of Jesus, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you.